So today as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Marka Reed, the Red of Innovation at Tennis Australia. So Marka, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to the chat. Great. So Marka, what I wanted to talk to you about today was talk about your role at Tennis Australia, uh, as well as your new tech fund called Y Car Ventures. And then I also wanted to get your thoughts on how important is innovation to your organization. And lastly, I want to get your feedback on your favorite technologies. So how does it sound? Fantastic. Um, yeah, we're going to cover a little bit of ground. So um, let's hope we can rip through it. Great. So could you uh, tell us about your role at Tennis Australia so people understand what you do? Yeah, look, so I guess in the first instance, I might provide some background in and around what Tennis Australia is. Um, essentially, yeah. we're three businesses, if not four businesses in one. So we're an organisation that looks after high performance, so the development of high-performing athletes within Australia. So um, people listening in might identify with the likes of Ash Barty. So she's been with our Academy Pathway from you know, the age of 10, essentially, right the way through to where she is today. Um, yeah. Then we're responsible for making um, tennis the sport of choice within Australia. So really appealing to those that want to recreate, um, participate in the sport on a social level. So at the moment, I think we're the second most participated sport in the land, which is something wow. that we're really proud of, um, which is fantastic. And What's then thirdly... What is it? Rugby? Uh, or it? It's actually soccer. So oh, soccer! Um, wow. Oh, well, in in a global sense, football. Um, yeah. But but again, what we what we tend to see is a bit of ta bit of tapering or tailing off of participation in the teenage years, and then there's again an uptick when um, adults get to thirty plus. They've got families themselves. They reconnect with tennis and they play the sport for life. So it's a real opportunity for us as a sport, both in the youth market, but equally um in the adult segment and then thirdly we've got um, our entertainment vehicle which is um many of you may know um headlined by the australian open which yeah. is the jewel in our crown but equally we've got um, an event footprint that captures the labor cup um where we're one of the founding partners then the atp cup which is a partnership with the atp um, and then the plethora of professional events that we host throughout australia so that's what tennis australia does um, day to day. So it's much bigger than just um, your typical um, sports federation. Uh, and we take real pride in delivering value to each one of those three streams. And there's, then as you touched on, we've almost uh, created a fourth stream, which is our ventures arm, which is exciting. And we'll speak a, a, about a little bit more later. Yeah. So, so then, so, so then I guess, um, Julian, as it relates to my role, I've got the real privilege and our team does of looking across those three, or in this case, four verticals for opportunities um, to really disrupt the status quo. Um, so part of that is kind of being able to scan the marketplace with a real futures focus, and then identify opportunities to try new ideas, um, and then really accelerate the adoption of those ideas. And in many respects, we're really talking about opportunities that um, really deliver value or capitalize over a three to five year time frame as distinct from the many really talented people in our business that are working on delivering value day to day um, and on a business as usual basis and yeah that makes sense and what areas i'm not talking from an investment perspective but from an innovation perspective 
what are the areas that um, you worked on and, and you know, you've been proud of developing, whether it's wearable technology, AI, or AR, VR, or anything? Yeah, look, I, I guess the way we're set up internally um, in, in, a, in a real classical and maybe stereotypical sense is that we've got an incubated division within the innovation remit, where then we've got our accelerator partnership with Techstars, which has been immensely valuable, and then thirdly, our ventures arm. But in that incubator space, uh, we've had a few bets, if you like. One has been in data science. So we yeah. embarked on that mission um, almost 10 years ago today. Uh, and early work was done with the likes of Pat Lucy at Disney, with the Australian Institute of Sport. Um, I think even till today, we we stand as the only tennis group to have landed the Data Analytics Prize at the MIT Sloan Conference, and that was early doors. Um, so we've been in that space for a long time, helping players, both Australian and abroad, but then equally creating new insights that can be monetized through broadcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's been a fantastic journey to be on. Um, equally, we experiment with equipment. So part of our fascination is how you better personalise or customise equipment for tennis players. It's not really a market that's been tapped into when you compare where we're at versus the likes of cycling or golf. We're kind no. of eons behind. Um, our eSports space has equally been a really aggressive and strategic play on our part where we've got... Um, value that we deliver into a mobile game. So that's the AO game that we did in partnership mm -hmm. with Big Ant. And then yeah. we've equally got our partnership with Epic Games to bring Fortnite to the Australian Open. So they jump out as three immediate kind of incubations, if you like. And, and the fourth that's really substantial across our business is our partnerships with the tertiary sector. So even to this day, um, Tennis Australia is among, if not the most prolific um, federations in the world as it relates to cutting through even to that research domain in terms of publications over that 10-year kind of time frame. So we partner, partner deeply with the tertiary sector within Australia and abroad with a view to generating insight that can provide us a competitive advantage as a group um, but equally make that, I guess, intellectual property or knowledge um, known to the community which helps all of us accelerate. That's great, and congrats on all of this. I'm sure it's a lot of work. Um, could you now tell us about, as you mentioned, right, your new tech fund called Wildcard Ventures? What are the areas of investment your team is focusing on, and what's the typical size of the average investment? I mean, we work with lots of sports technology startups, and I'm sure they would love to hear more about the fund and, and maybe how they could reach out to you guys. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess it was a natural evolution in many respects. Um, insofar as we'd been in that kind of incubator space, we partnered with Techstars um, and continue to partner with Techstars to bring a sports tech accelerator to life in Melbourne. Um, yeah. And then more latterly, we're like, all right, we're scanning the marketplace. We want to adopt and we want to accelerate quickly. What better way to actually do that than um, turbocharging startups through a venture fund? Um, and we're fortunate enough to speak to a bunch of really um, – sophisticated, smart and, and, you know, proactive stakeholders in market, uh, the likes of the group at uh, Barcelona, uh, yeah. Barcelona Innovation Hub, um, a bunch of the American franchises and sports were really helpful in, in getting us out of the ground. So a big shout out to those guys for um, providing us the ammunition early on to, to get started. Uh, where we're looking at opportunity, um, needless to say, it's where we feel like 
the business itself, the startup can stand on its own two feet, mm -hmm. ideally without us, but then we're in a really unique opportunity to turbocharge them through those different verticals that we exist in. As I mentioned, from a high performance end, we're responsible for, um, I guess, developing players and then maintaining them in the professional game. Um, at the participation end and from a health point of view, we're responsible for growing the game and making it a sport that people want to pursue through life. And then thirdly, we've got this massive um, entertainment opportunity through our event space. So in that sense, we're looking for any startups out there that might be pointing to the sport itself, physical activity yeah. and so forth, health, and then the enter entertainment side of what we do. And within that, there's obviously um, a large number of niches or sub-verticals that allow us to become more specific with the opportunities as they arise. That makes sense. And so when you are looking at investing potentially in a startup, what are the things that are very important for you guys? Is it the, the competitive advantage, the technology that they have? Is it the experience management team? Is it their vision, the vision of the team, the traction or all of the above? <laughs> You've rounded them out. So generally we, yeah. we look across about nine, nine different factors, but as you highlighted there, team becomes all important, right? Yeah. Um, having stakeholders and a team, um, ideally with multiple founders that are all committed to delivering on this mission that they've got in front of them. Um, and we purposely chosen Wildcard. Um, as a name on that basis because we're... I love really the name, by the way. I love the name. I think it's super Yeah, good. well, yeah. <laughs> so do we. Um, like it resonates from a tennis and sport point of view, but equally kind of captures the the sentiment that we're most interested in as it relates to the startups. Um, You're right. Those that, that have got a real ambition and, and courage to succeed, want to roll the dice and continue to pursue their dreams. Um to hopefully right the way through to being a really um, successful global business. Yeah. Uh, you know, my next question was more about innovation. I mean, it's important and, and some case studies, but I think you already talked about that early on. Um, one of the things that has been uh, talked recently was around mental health. Uh, as you know, yeah. I met Naomi Osaka. She was in the news. She put out some grand slams. Uh, it's been very difficult for her, and that's understandable. Uh, but what's interesting is that like we work with lots of mental health neurotech startups, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like because of COVID too, right? I think COVID accelerated that trend. Uh, many of the coaches and trainers, they're trying to figure out how do we, how can we help our athletes to sleep better, right? To be to reduce the stress of our athletes. Uh, in in your world of tennis, right? Do you feel like there's been kind of a a, a big interest around mental health? in particular for sure for sure and it's just not tennis i think it's all yeah. of sport um increasingly the concept of well-being and looking after yourself is not just important for the athletes in question but you know support staff coaches and, and so on so the role that um startups have to play there or innovation for that for that matter um yeah is potentially enormous um, that's not to say that anyone's landed it just yet, but yeah. the opportunity's there. And often we're drawn to innovating through technology, but that innovation can equally be far simpler than that. It can just be in a way that you organise your day-to-day um, or you organise practice or you prep for 
um, certain events as they come up, none of which necessarily require a technological dependency. So um, when we consider our role um, in innovation to assist in that space, it, it, again, just doesn't need to be limited to um, what might be a software or hardware solution. Yeah. Um, You know, my next question is more around, you know, so what are the things that you're hoping that future technologies will help your team to solve in the future, right? I'm sure you're working on solving specific issues and you have yet to find the technology that could help you guys solve it. Could you maybe talk about that? Is there anything that you're trying to measure? Yeah, it's a good question, right? It's kind of... um, there's a couple that jump out. I think in the high performance space, yeah. um, and this has been the case for the best part of uh, the last two decades, really, if not longer. Um, mm-hmm. We've been on this inevitable and long-lasting search for um, technologies or innovations that can help us better understand injury. Um, yeah. And I think we're really, as a as a business, and here I'm talking about physical injury. Never mind, you know, anything from a mental health yeah. point of view that we're we're trying to wrap our heads around, but. Um, from a physical injury point of view, it's really a complex beast and mm-hmm. there's not one single technology that's really allowed us at scale to understand um, the factors that we can kind of best address to limit the frequency with which certain injuries occur. So I think that's not a tennis problem, that's a sports problem. Um, yeah. I think it's unrealistic to think that there's ever going to be this kind of nirvana where one technology gets it all done particularly when you're related to what's happening at the lower body, upper body, what's happening from a mechanical point of view and physiological, um, it's really, really tricky. So that's not to say, though, that um, we're not going to, as a business or industry, endeavour to get better at it or understand more or introduce new, new technologies or, or new ways to solve for a problem. Um, but it's funny to say it's Greenfield, but that's kind of what it feels like. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, so um, I think that's, yeah, as it relates to high performance or professional play, um, that whole uh, space of personalization or the customization of experiences, especially in the digital world, that kind of blended physical and digital kind of connect. Um, I think there's a bunch more to be done there. Um, we're at the beginnings of that, how we kind of embrace what artificial intelligence has to offer and then. Um, merge that with the likes of the physical world, but but also um, what the mixed realities um, bring to the fore. I reckon that's fascinating. Um, and we're beginning across the entertainment side of our business, but equally the sports-specific or the high-performance or participation ends, um, we're beginning to wrap our heads around it. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I think you're spot on about injury prevention uh, tools. I mean, there's there, there are companies like Kitman Labs. They've done a fairly good job, you know, uh, you know, building a software to prevent injuries. But, you know, like just last week I was talking to uh, Plantiga CEO and I said, are you guys able to prevent injuries? And he said, no, we're not We're not trying to do that. It's very difficult to predict. Uh, but like you said, I think it's it's by combining different maybe technologies that you could have some sense of maybe there is a, a risk of injury, right? Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, technology like Plantiga or thermography or, you know, the software like from Kitman Labs. But, it's very, you know, whoever says we can predict injuries accurately, I'd be very skeptical, right? 
Yeah, it's kind of that. And unfortunately, it, it kind of feels like um, science is going to continue to lag practice in, in that way. Um, yeah. And um, but it's a fascinating space to watch um, and encouraging all startups to all early stage um, venture vehicles to pursue it because um, there's definitely a role to play. We've seen the emergence and success of the likes of Catapult that um, you know, springboarded to success throughout the world. Um, yeah. And they're not claiming to solve for the injury puzzle, but more so provide you a technology to help you make more informed decisions as it relates to training prescription. So um, that's still absolutely um, meritorious and their, their success is a testament to that. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, and you did mention mixed reality. I mean, there are companies like Mojo Vision in particular and some other ones that build like AR contact lenses which for some people, it's like, what are you talking about? Putting a, a pair of contact lenses in your eye and being able to see, get information as an overlay with a coaching system. But I think we're, we're probably like two years away before we can start having coaches use those types of lenses. I mean, it's not, it sounds futuristic, but it's already there in some ways. So Yeah, but look, I think that's just the, the evolution of the market in many respects and us becoming more sophisticated as consumers. Using that catapult example, you know, take it back 30 years ago um, or even yeah. you know, um, uh, more recently than that, the thought of having um, players wear vests with um, uh, or a harness with a little sensor mounted to their back would have been, mm -hmm. you know, just foreign to a lot of people in at the pointy end of sport. So, yeah. but we've come accustomed to it and mm -hmm. it delivers value. So, if there's enough value in that mixed reality world, um, consumers, players, coaches, you name it, will be drawn to it because yeah. we're on this endless search for competitive advantage. Makes sense. Um, so going back to technology, right, what are the things that, uh, well, I would say, what are your top three favorite technologies today and why? The one that you use on a weekly basis. <laughs> this is going to um, feel uh, the one that immediately springs to mind um, yeah. and I've admired it for quite some time now and this is going to seem bizarre because, you know, my background and what I do day to day involves tennis but equally with the venture fund, we're looking for applications that um, yeah. move beyond tennis um, but is actually home court. Now, that's been in the market for some time but I look at those guys with a bunch of admiration in and around what they've been able to do. Um, is, it on, is it on court? Is that what you said? Home court. Home court, okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, where the NBA are playing an increasing role. So it's an, it's an awesome example of private enterprise intersecting with a federation like our own and delivering real value to um, an audience that's historically been really tricky to connect with. Um, and that's that yeah. kind of teen market. Um, so that's a trajectory that I've followed with real interest. My own kids use it, um, fascinated with how they interact with it, how they find it so engaging. Um, and that then talks to the second technology that um, will actually be our, our first investment in the um, fund in Wildcard Ventures, which is Swing Vision. Um, and these guys are essentially trying to tackle that problem in a tennis sense of, how do I make Hawkeye more accessible to the mass consumer at the same time as delivering value like a um, Garmin or Strava might? 
So mm-hmm. make my vitals more accessible to a consumer in a way that's affordable for them. Um, and part of their product roadmap is to actually build out a line calling solution of um, a single or dual mobile device, which has a massive application for ourselves as a market because something like cheating is one of the biggest deterrents for ongoing play um, for many teenagers that mm-hmm. participate in competition tennis. So if a group <laughs> like Swing Vision um, can solve for that, um, the world's their oyster. Um, so that would be number two. Um, and number three is probably without landing on a specific technology, it's kind of one, it's a space that I'm following with interest um, yeah. and it addresses an accessibility challenge, um, especially for individual sports where you're actually needing someone else to play against, which is relevant for us as an industry in tennis, where yeah. historically you can hit against the wall, granted, um, but generally you, you need someone else down the other end of the court or you've got a ball machine that is a pretty uh, that operates on a pretty basic basis and, and delivering balls to you that um, aren't particularly intelligent. So that ball yeah. machine market um, that um, becomes more sophisticated, intelligent, um, allows me to participate physically, but equally has a connect with the digital world, so that they're able to use some artificial intelligence to um, make my experience more personal and more tennis-like, more game-like, that's yeah. one that I'm continuing to watch with some real interest and I reckon there'll be some moves to be made um, over the next kind of six to 12 months. That's great. So I got two more questions that I think yeah. I, I just thought about. One is, I mean, you work with lots of tennis players, right, professional tennis players. Um, yep. Among all of those, you know, what are, who are the ones that are the most would, I mean, we love technology. I know, for example, Leighton Hewitt uh, invest, in, invested in uh, SPT, the GPS company, right, in Australia. Um, I also heard that uh, Fabrice Santoro, Fabrice, the French tennis player, right, in his days and even today, is very uh, interested in working with startups, for example, and investing in startups. So from your perspective over the years, which tennis player you would say is the most or love the most, whose technology the most? Who would that be? <laughs> I, I feel I'm ill-equipped to answer that. So maybe a better way to um, answer a similar question is yeah. understanding what we know of the public markets and the information that's available publicly. We yeah. know that the likes of Andy Murray takes a real interest in early oh, stage really? venture. Um, mm-hmm. He's an active investor. You've got the likes of Serena Williams who yeah, um, has her own venture vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then equally you've got some of the bigger names in our sport anyway, Novak and, and Roger that um, take selective interest in um, opportunities as they emerge. So yeah. um, Andy Roddick and James Blake equally uh, one of some of the early investors in the, the group that I mentioned earlier, Swing Vision. So yeah. um, we're co-invested with those two. So increasingly in our sport, I think some of the really high-profile um, and contemporary players are, are, are looking at early-stage venture as an opportunity for them to diversify and connect with um, startups that are of real interest to them. They've got some passion about the actual space. Yeah, I think it's, it's I think you're spot on. And I do know, for example, a friend of mine who's a good friend of Roger Federer, and Roger invested in his company. 
uh, of course, it's a startup focusing on tennis. Uh, I can tell you yeah, after nice. because I'm not supposed to mention who that is, but um, <laughs> I think it's uh, you're right. I mean, uh, well, there's a lot of places. Maybe, do, maybe don't breach any confidentiality. I would get in trouble, I think. But uh, and then the last question, right? So we just started. I mean, the U.S. Open, right? And yeah. so you've got you know Djokovic, Rafa, and Roger now with 20, 20 Grand Slam wins, right? Yeah. So, and obviously Djokovic is younger than the other two. So, do you think? Well, so first of all, who's going to win the U.S. Open? And then, do you think that um, Djokovic is going to, you know, is going to beat Rafa and and Roger Federer in terms of the, you know, the most number of wins, Grand Slam wins? Oh, that's an easy one to answer. Um, so, okay. <laughs> the winner of the U.S. Open will be Ash Barty. On the girl, on the girl okay. side, and then, and then on the men's, I think it's hard to look past Novak. And on that basis, yeah, he'll, yeah, um, yeah. he'll um, look to move ahead of the other guys. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's we've been spoiled with that kind of talent at the top end of our game for a long time. So, um, I'll be watching on with interest, and yeah, um, particularly obviously given our Australian Connect supporting. Ash from afar and, and hoping she's yep. able to go all the way. That's great. And, and but I, I don't think you answered my question about whether or not Djokovic you think is going to beat Roger, I mean, Roger Federer and Rafa. So in your opinion, you will be able to? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think um, if he's able to sustain the form that he's in um, and given that he's got a few, a couple of years on the other guys that, yeah, he's well positioned to do so. Okay, I would agree with you. I think it's logical at this point. Um, great. So, look, we're, we're at the end of the interview. I want to thank you for your time. It was a great conversation. Uh, so, thank you very much. Thanks, Julian. Appreciate the opportunity and yeah, chat again soon. Great. Thank you.